1: My friends, I am Vivian McPeak, and this is Hemp Present. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. John Marsh is a United States Marine Corps veteran. He was awarded High Times Magazine Garden of the Month in April 1995 and designated High Times Freedom Fighter of the Month for July 1996. John operates the largest social media cannabis oil healing group in the world, and he's joined me today to tell us all about it. Welcome, John to cannabis radio
2: thanks good afternoon
1: you know i should have known this but i didn't realize that you were high times freedom fighter of the month for july 1996 i was freedom fighter of the month for october 1996 so we're high times freedom fighter brothers only a few months apart um that's kind of cool
2: it's cool for two different things i'm I'm yeah
1: yeah yes exactly but for the same cause in general uh in 19 in 1993 you left the marines and suffered from the symptoms of Gulf, Gulf War syndrome. Is that when you discovered uh, for the first time the therapeutic potential of cannabis, or did you already know about it?
2: I had smoked in college in '86 and '87, '88, '89, but I didn't know the. I didn't know why I was using it at the time. Probably just socially. But once I got out of the Marine Corps, and I had served in Kuwait, uh, we went through some pretty hellacious environmental uh areas that were heavy thick smoke for hours and when i got out i i lost 20 pounds um that's when i found out that cannabis helped me i don't think i have ptsd but i definitely could but i wouldn't know it because i've used cannabis since 1993 and that's that's what set me on my path yeah i know that they had
1: like burn pits and depleted uranium and all kinds of uh, environmental toxins over there. Um, th- that was also the year that you attended your first Hemp Fest. Was that Seattle Hemp Fest?
2: Yeah, wow. Seattle. I to Bellingham uh, within a few days of getting out of the Marine Corps in January of ninety three, and um, yeah, I landed here in Bellingham from ninety four to ninety nine, and that's um, that's where. Uh, I had read Jack Hare's book and I read Chris Conrad's book and uh, that got me enthused. <laughs> the <wears> no clothes <laughs> and Lifeline to the Future, right? Yeah. And they were they were what got me started. And I was up here with a guy named Brian Estes, who you might remember. He had the cannabis up here. Yep. And he was always up at Western Washington. That's where I first met him. He sold me my issue of uh the Emperor Wears No Clothes and, and Hemp Life plan of the Future, and I was off after I read those two.
1: I, I want to get into the social media cannabis whale group that you started some time ago, uh, but you have some stories about how it all came to be and what led up to your founding the group. You helped someone in your hometown who was given five months to live. What can you tell us about that?
2: So that was... Um... In twenty fifteen I had just moved home and Dale had worked for the county for twenty years and his wife told me he got uh, stage four renal cell carcinoma with and it no hope, no chemo, no radiation, no hope from the PDF for Oregon Health and University. So I gave her a tube of this oil and Dale lived supposed to live five months and died before Christmas and he lived five Christmases. And I got him his oil the first 18 months, and then in my hometown of Milwaukee, Washington, we got a dispensary, amazing as that is, with 600 people's uh, population. But for the next three years, he was able to just go down and buy, uh, buy a gram of it in a syringe right off the shelf, and he lived for four and a half years Wow! with no hope. <laughs> I mean, literally, the VA and Oregon Health and Science University told him.
1: All mammals have an endocannabinoid system, and, and you also treated a dog with a cancerous tumor. Can you tell us that story?
2: Yeah, 10 or 15 miles from my hometown is Nacelle, Washington, and it's even smaller than El But uh, this guy was told to um, put his dog down or definitely to amputate the leg that had his hot dog, about the, half the size of the hot dog, a tumor. And I met the guy out razor clam digging one day and uh, he just, he mentioned his dog's tumor. And I said, well, why don't you give me some of your medical cannabis? And he was in his sixties and he grew gooey duck. I'd never heard of it, but it was a strain. And uh, I made him about 20 grams of this oil and he fed the dog that, that and elk burger. And we know elk burger doesn't treat cancer. So um, within 11 grams of eating oil and elk burger mix, the tumor turned to mush and the 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 veteran the veterinarian was in awe and um he used the remaining nine grams on a future cancer that this dog got so yeah i I, I wouldn't say i treated cancer in people but i helped that guy extend his life four years right right (laughs) and see five christmases that he wasn't supposed to and the dog, you know, the guy was told by a medical professional that, in their opinion, if it was their dog, they would kill it or chop its leg off. So, um, yeah, both outcomes were great. I mean, not everybody survives it, but in these two instances where I intervened, they were wow. great successes. And, you know,
1: when you're going to be dead forever, I'll five years is a long time, man, to have life. You
2: know, yeah it is when you come home from a, an appointment that says you only have five months and then i roll up some kid you used to watch right around town on a bmx bike hands your wife a tube of oil from a plant and that's pretty powerful you know that's pretty proper stuff you debated that's pretty awesome you
1: debated rick simpson of phoenix tears fame in 2012 and who i interviewed on this show in 2015 that debate also contributed to your starting a Facebook group that's now the largest cannabis oil healing group on social media uh, in the world, I believe. Um, the term RSO actually stands for Rick Simpson Oil, which has become controversial because he used agents such as naphtha as a solvent and stuff. Uh, but many people now call RSO FICO instead for full extract cannabis oil. Tell us what came down and how how it led to your amazing social media
2: presence right okay so with the, the feco and the, the feco full extract cannabis well i call it feco because the e is stressed as a eh in extract right so i call it feco because feco sounds it sounds too close to fecal so i people say fecal oil <laughs> okay. i don't know what's that point and taken, i'm John. like no no feco full extract with an e so, with an f eh. so i just always tell people this letter rhymes with terror feco rhymes with echo Sounds and good. Uh, so I go into Rick Simpson's fan page on May twenty second of twenty twelve, and there's a discussion going on about solvent use, and I said, "Okay, well, Rick recommends light Canadian naphtha, which if you're not in Canada, you can't get, right? So that is basically the equivalent of paint thinner and camping fuel here in the U.S. But Rick says that Canadian light naphtha is safer than those products, I guess." So the debate came down to whether you could use grain alcohol or Everclear or organic alcohol. And uh, Rick Sadman, Ginger Bear, and Rick both declared that using that as a solvent would make weak oil, and people would rely on it being stronger oil, and they would end up dying. So what they mean is that you got to do it Rick's way, or you can't call it RSO. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go start my own group that I don't care what you use, right? If you want to use uh, paint there, that's fine. But I won't call it Rick Simpson oil or RSO. So when you join my group, that's one of the main ones when you enter is, you know, we don't call it RSO. We call it cannabis oil or, like you said, FBCO. And people agree that's all cool. So I started this group and, you know, it's now 178,000 people. And i started out it's called cannabis oil success stories but it's more of a guiding thing than actual where some people can come in. it's not like a website where you can have sections and stuff so most of the success stories are just people that have come in and left their story after using it you know but following people's journeys in the group is the main thing you can go into the search bar for 11 years type in you know glaucoma and any mention of glaucoma in the last 11 years will come up within a okay. comment or a post well but yeah okay. it initially started with getting into a debate with rick and his admin they still said that uh it would make two week of oil and i tried to point out that you can compound things like aspirin right take two aspirin instead of one hold
1: that thought john because we've got to go to a quick break but i want to talk more about your group uh yep. we're going to take a quick break and come back okay. with john marsh
0: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what Hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy.
1: And we're back with john marsh um so so john for the benefit of people who aren't on social media there might be like i don't know maybe two listeners out there uh who aren't uh how does a fake facebook group operate um what kind of things do people discuss and uh how does it how does it all work
2: uh, so people come in and they'll either participate by just watching the comments or the comment on a post but most people will come in and say, "My grandma has right arthritis or glaucoma or glioblastoma, or my son's got you know this, that, and the other thing, and the first thing I tell people is go to the search bar and type that keyword into the search bar because any mention of it in the last eleven years, like I was saying, will come up in the results. so if you type in glioblastoma, you got ten years of comments about it, and people not only suggest what cannabis oil remedies recommend, but also other things, right? There's a lot of people that recommend Benbendazol and Ivermectin and all the horse based stuff, but in general, it's all about cannabis oil, and you just come in and kind of look around, and it's a hard group to find on Facebook because Facebook has these algorithms, and if you typed in cannabis oil success stories, the algorithm automatically does not show anything that has cannabis in the name. So if you type in oil success stories, it's a way to, it's a way to get there, at least to find it.
1: There are uh, some, some platforms and social media uh, platforms have restrictions regarding cannabis specifically. Uh, have you encountered that? Do, are, and what, what, are there any
2: restrictions on Facebook? So Mike's been warned multiple times. I'm getting um, admin warnings from seven years ago, people posting, right? Like, where can I get cannabis? From? And these bots go into these groups and they just start going through all the past comments. And they find, I mean, they found them from seven years ago in my group and issue warnings. And they've even said they're going to close it down. So I've actually started secondary groups in case that happened. Like it's Cannabis Oil Success Stories. So I've started a secondary group called COSS, just in case Cannabis Oil Success
1: Stories to So that's, that's the name of your group? Your group's there. called Cannabis Oil Success Stories? Yeah. Cool. I have SIBO, Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth. And a, few, a while back, I, I joined several uh, SIBO Facebook groups. And first of all, it was really nice to see that other people were dealing with the same things I was, but also I was able to see people comparing what worked for them, uh, what, what foods you know, they could tolerate and, and what treatments helped them and stuff. And I imagine it's, it's the same thing uh, in your Facebook group that people are talking about uh, dosage and strains and things like that.
2: Yes. So a lot of people believe that when Rick Simpson said you needed to take gram a day for 60 days or 60 grams in 90 days, that's what most people say. It's kind of like an infomercial, right? Take 60 grams in 90 days. it'll create, It'll cure anything. I don't believe that to be true. Most people don't believe that to be true. But what Rick Simpson was saying is a gram of his oil. Now, Rick Simpson claims all his oil was over 90 percent. So Rick Simpson is basically saying you need 900 milligrams THC, right? You don't need a gram a day. He is saying that you need a gram a day of his, quote, RSO, which he says is 900 milligrams. So I tell people, you know, that's what I would, I target 500 milligrams. I tell people, you want to, find, you want to target 500 milligrams of THC plus whatever else comes in your oil a day. Nobody knows what the other stuff does, so it's hard to tell people how to dose it, especially when you can't really get it. You can't go to the street guy and say, can I get this in my oil or what's your oil? Um, but a lot of people believe you need three to five strains, you know, to make whatever they call it as a full full plant extract, right? So um, they're cramming in the stems and the stalks and, you know the full the full plant orange juice and the full plant apple juice don't include the stalks and the roots and the stems and the bark. So I tell people, use the flowers to make your oil um, as as potent as you can. and if you can get it tested, that's great and target you want to get it five hundred milligrams, but you know, like Rick says nine hundred. so um, but I don't believe you need three to five strains because what people are saying is, you need more terpenes because every strain, the THC and the CBD and the CBG and the CBN are all identical, right? There's 2,500 varieties of apple, but they all have the same vitamin C. They all have the, you don't ask what strain of apple is in your apple juice. So it's the THC and the CBD and all that other stuff that matters and not necessarily happens, Fascinating. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get it. it, it, it you mentioned that that somebody benefited from store-bought oil and there's a lot of controversy you know within our my community over the quality uh and the the consistency of the oil that you find uh in the commercial cannabis market right in the in the in the legal stores uh what are your thoughts right on that? well what i you know th- for a fact
2: there's some shady people in there there's there's dispensary owners that uh, well maybe not there's persons that know lab people; they'll fudge those numbers on purpose. I've, you know, they just do, and it's um, almost everybody. If I didn't make the people bought it in a store, and I would say that more people have been directed by me to go to a store and get it than I have supplied people. Um, I've supplied people who have 20 seizures a day. And one woman went 14 weeks without having one. And she went 20 a day for 30 years. Um, I made that oil. Um, The guy that lived for three Christmases, or for five Christmases, three years longer, on store-bought oil. It was, uh, actually, I can tell you the brand. It's made in Washington, obviously, because you can't get it from out of state. There's a Skagit Organics, which you can buy like a six-pack now of syringes um it's like 18 dollars a gram johnny vanilla is 15 dollars a gram and when you say syringes so you're what not, i recommend you're
1: not, i think it's important to say you're not shooting it up it just comes in a syringe and then
2: you you take it or right not needle point yeah they're what you see the with, as opposed to jamming it in your vein yeah, so yeah. non-needle oral syringes yeah it's just the easiest way to put it in and dose it because you can look if it's calibrated. You can say, "Oh, there's a tenth of a gram." Um, and yeah,
1: and it's very when viscous people are just and start goopy.
2: now, right? Yeah, it's like honey. It's literally like honey. So what I tell people, like if Grandpa's gonna be treating his glioblastoma, and Grandpa doesn't know much about THC, I say get that gram of oil, which is right. you know seventy percent of seven hundred milligrams. You squirt that in a one ounce bottle of coconut oil and boom, feed in drops. Each drop be less than a milligram of THC.
1: Right on. We have have even less than a milligram of this segment. So we're going to take a break and come right back.
0: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right
1: back. We're back with John Marsh from the Social Media Cannabis Group. Um, John, I hear you have some cool travel plans. Is that is that is that something you can talk about here?
2: Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, so I'm going to Costa Rica a little in a little while to maybe help get a couple uh, CBD businesses going into some little pharmacies in a certain area, which is kind of cool. But um, last year I went to Jamaica and I was looking for a place to put a retreat where I can put up some geodesic domes and invite people to. Uh, come and take oil where they can't take it, like in Missouri or Texas or whatever, right? So um, I went to Jamaica for a few months and uh, actually stayed at Coral Cove, which was featured in CNN on that mushroom special the other night. So um, that was great. And I'm looking forward to converting my cannabis museum, which I just designed, and maybe putting it into a trailer and traveling around maybe to vegas and uh maybe set that thing up permanently but um i do want to travel around and check out more of the cannabis realm outside the pacific northwest because it's kind of where i've been pulled up since i was born
1: you mentioned your cannabis museum you recently displayed your collection of artifacts at the cannabis science conference in portland oregon uh, I checked it out at the cannabishempmuseum.com. Cannabis wow, really cool. I mean, you've got all kinds of, uh, you know, vintage, like turn of the century uh, pharmaceutical bottles or cannabis, you know, medicine elixir bottles, and uh, you know, cannabis roots and, and all kind of stuff. Tell us about that.
2: Um, when I when I was I got arrested in 1994 growing in my basement, and so when I came back from the Gulf. I realized I had been sickened by possibly the blade uranium you're talking about back earlier. Um, I decided I wasn't going to have any kids when I was 25 years old, so I literally told people, "Cannabis is my baby. This, I'm getting this legal by 2000, and uh, just stand back because you're just going to get pummeled with info." Um, so that's <laughs> kind of where I feel you, bro. Was. I
1: feel you, man. I felt oh, yeah. I got the same shit.
2: Right. So here are. Um, but I started just collecting here and there. Um, I got a tin, you know, one of the 300 uh, cannabis cigarette tins. I don't think it's LVs, but I, uh, anyway, I got a few of those. And then I just started buying up these artifacts a so, bottle here, bottle there. I've got some uh, blouses from Ukraine that are made of hemp that are 100 years old. I've got a hackle from uh, Ukraine, which they use to shred hemp. I bought it before the war. Looks um, like a little bit of nails. So, a little bit, I have two of them. Um, one from Kentucky. Um, so, in my display, I have a little section about Kentucky because Kentucky was big into that and tobacco, and they chose the wrong plant to propagate, you know, <laughs> for the next century. But um, yeah, I just started collecting, and now I've got probably $50,000 worth. Those big blue jars you saw on there are from the British Navy, and they used to transport opium hair or the coca leaves and cannabis leaves to this Portsmouth and Chatham. Uh, they were resupply locations for the British Navy and the pharmacists there on the Island would turn them into pills or whatever oils and tinctures. And then they'd go send them back out on the ships for the cool. old sailors. John, yeah, we, we got, awesome stuff, we have, so. we
1: have a, a little, we have maybe a minute and a half left in the show. So in 30 seconds, uh, what what are your final thoughts, man? Would you like to leave our listeners with about your group?
2: Well, so as far as the group, if you're on social media and you are on Facebook, I would go and search oil success stories and see if it comes up. If you got any questions about, you know, cannabis oil, but um, to find me, I'm at the cannabisconsultants.com, the hempconsultants.com, or I'm on LinkedIn with like 1100 cannabis connections. So for people to find my group, they could do it. And, um, I know it's going on the 11th year. I mean, May was the 11th year waking up every day and looking at what people are asking and saying, if I had your disease, this is what I would do. So for almost over 4,000 days, I've done that. So I'm ready to take that from a social media aspect and 20% of my life doing that and just do it, uh, in a bigger realm, I guess.
1: Um, John, thanks for being on the show, man.
2: Yeah, was fine. Right on. I appreciate the time.
1: That concludes this installment of Hempresent and Cannabis Radio. When it comes to prohibition, you got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice. Speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. The Him Present intro music is Seven Mile Beach by Joanne Rand, and the outro music is Take Back the Plant by Stickerbush. Stay strong, folks. See you next week. Marijuana